0: It's the next level.
1: Hmm? Ah. Huh.
2: Har har very funny. Dude,
1: looks like someone's steamrolled Harry Potter. Love this, don't you?
2: You're welcome.
0: Welcome, survivors, back. To Lost Revisited, we have to go back, or the other way around, depending on which way you look at the title. uh, As we progress further on into our rewatch of Lost Season 1, from the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck.
2: From Podcastica, I am Kristen Hal,
0: And Kristen, you are just off of a trip to Atlanta.
2: Yes, sir, I am.
0: How uh, was a short version, because I know we've already talked in depth about it. Uh, but for the listeners, yeah, how was it, it?
2: you know what? Yeah, it was a really good time. Uh, I got to moderate, uh, co-moderate my very first panel with Irony Singleton, who played T-Dog on The Walking Dead. Uh, I got to have a really great conversation with uh, with Kari Payton and Sarah Wayne Kelly. So, I had a really great time. And Maggie Grace was there. I never got to get to her, which kind of sucked because that would have been fun to tell her about this podcast. However, I don't care. It, it was <laughs> such a good weekend.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I love yeah. hearing the stories and seeing the pictures. I know originally I was supposed to be there that weekend too, but uh, a couple things changed in you know my every day and I wasn't able to do it. Plus, I've been recovering from the flu, so it wouldn't have been fun for me at all anyway.
2: Like the legit diagnosed tested positive flu.
0: Yes, which <laughs> is no fun and I'm still kind of at the tail end now, but I'm at least back to the point where I'm able to record.
2: I'm uh, so glad.
0: Which, uh, one, I, because I miss recording with you anytime I never get the chance to do it. And two, I record like three podcasts a week. So to anytime there's a week I can't record, I fall so far behind. Yeah, I get that. And uh, it kind of sucks. But I'm happy to be back and I'm happy to be recording with you again too.
2: Me too, especially since this episode was oh so good.
0: Yeah, why don't you tell our listeners what episode we're going to be talking about this week.
2: So today we will be talking about season one, episode 19, Deuce Ex Machina, uh, which is a lock uh, lock centric episode. Wow. Say that three times fast. That was hard. (laughs) But it was so good. I remember last night when I was watching it, as soon as I was done, I texted you, Ben, and I was like, this is my favorite episode of the season. (laughs) Yeah, you did. And And I went and I watched it again, like right after that. So it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and it's, you know what, it's, you you sent me that text before I got the chance to watch it, because I always try and watch the episodes as close to recording as possible so that it's all fresh in my head, and so I watched the episode last night again too, even though I've seen it like four or five times already, Um, but I rewatched it too, and I I wasn't even five, ten minutes into the episode before I remembered what the episode was, and was like, yeah, Kristen's right, this is probably one of my favorite episodes of the season. Uh, most importantly because I've always been a John Locke fan and this is a completely different breakaway for Locke uh from what we've seen already this really changes a lot of things with his character
2: well not only that it changes uh, it changes a lot of things how we perceive him uh you know getting more information it changes how probably uh, he's going to be for the series from here on out you know he's tested his uh He's very tested. This is probably his very first test since being on the island. And it's interesting to see how he reacts under pressure, under honest honest to God pressure. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and we're going to get a little bit more into the, the whole being tested part of it too, because that's a, a huge part of this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll get into that when we break down our top three. But before we do that, uh, just a quick rundown as the way this podcast works. This is a spoiler full podcast. Uh, and when we say that, it means there's a chance you're going to hear a spoiler for something that has not happened yet in the show that so it doesn't mean we're intentionally going to do it, but there's an opportunity. So if you're not ahead, uh, if this is your first watch through of Lost and you're listening to us, we apologize for that ahead of time. Uh, I and, don't. Oh no, I wouldn't think you would. Cause no, nah, I know, don't. You're Kristen. <laughs> So uh, on top of that, podcasts are no longer the first and 15th of every month. We are now bringing them to you weekly, every Friday morning, which uh, I think was definitely the way we probably should have done this to begin with. But hey, you know, we're doing it now and that's that's all that matters. And we're only going to be talking about one episode per recording of the podcast rather than the two that we did before so that we can get into much more detail about them. And I'm still working on casts cast members of the show to come on and join us. Uh, and after watching this episode, I really want Terry O'Quinn. Dominic Monaghan would be great. I really want Terry O'Quinn.
2: Yeah. He would be wonderful to talk to, especially about an episode like this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So still working on those, uh, and hopefully we'll get to them, uh, a little bit further. Hopefully we'll have something for you in between the time we were talking about season one and season two. So, um, but yeah, and we'll get the ways you can leave us feedback on the episodes again towards the end of the episode. But let's let's get into our top three, and um, I'll turn it over to you.
2: No, you always turn it over to me. You go first.
0: You want me to go first? Okay. Yeah, man. Um. Oh, okay. Uh. Wow. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna start light. I'm gonna start a little light with my number three, and this was something I brought up last week, and simply titled Hurley's only line of the episode. <laughs> and but it kind of ties together into a, a secondary storyline of this episode that I absolutely loved, and that's the whole Jack and Sawyer aspect. Uh, you know, Sawyer's been having these headaches; he doesn't know what they're what's causing them. Kate is showing some concern for for Sawyer, and and you know approaches Jack like you should help him, and Jack's hesitant because Jack's the worst. And Jack is the worst. And we. Throughout the progression of the storyline, we find out what is causing these headaches, and that Sawyer's farsighted. But out of the entire storyline, which I, this the entire secondary story, which I was a big fan of, we get probably my favorite line, not only of this episode, but probably one of my favorite lines of this season. And that's simply Hurley walking past and saying, "Dude, looks like Harry Potter got steamrolled." <laughs> it is the only line of the episode. And it is by far the funniest line of the episode. I bust out every time I hear Hurley say that. <laughs> every damn time I watch that episode and he says that, I laugh my ass off.
2: Well, those glasses were hilarious. They're yeah. just hilarious. And how smart was it to put two different glasses together to help Sawyer? I mean, and, and, and you know, you talk about that and you think about... Saeed didn't even have a line, but he had this great little montage, you know, of, of him of
0: breaking them, yeah, breaking them apart and putting them, and
2: putting them back together. And, you know, everybody helps Sawyer, even though Sawyer never really wants anybody's help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it shows you that the group is, you know, uh, they're they've kind of got each other's backs at this point, even if they're a jerk. Uh, you know, if well, everybody
2: it, has a racist drunk uncle.
0: Oh, my God, that is so true.
2: (laughs) And sometimes you're the racist drunk uncle. If you you can't think of who your racist drunk uncle is, you might be the racist drunk uncle. It's most
0: likely you. Exactly. (laughs) But I mean, you know, this whole storyline aside or not aside, but, you know, focusing on the whole story, the whole side story of Jack and Sawyer and, you know, the glasses aspect of it, I... It wasn't as much of levity as that one Hurley line, but it did definitely add some levity to to the episode. Was, it wasn't anything life-threatening for Loc- or to, to Sawyer, but it was fun watching Jack kind of torture Sawyer a little bit.
2: Oh my gosh, in, in that the cave aspect. with that with his um with this his list of questions have you about ever, sleeping with prostitutes. Have
0: you ever visited a prostitute? Uh have you ever contracted an STD? When when was your last breakout? And and the best part about it was, as mad as Sawyer got, Kate kind of knew, you know, like uh, I know he deserves it, but was it really necessary? And it was well, just so much fun. Well, and that's another
2: reason. That's another reason why Jack is the worst. Uh,
0: you know what? Though I'm totally on Jack's side for this one. Why? Because it was fun. Like you, you, you have to admit Sawyer has been a pain in the ass. So if you have an opportunity to kind of embarrass him a little bit, you're not hurting anything but his pride. Um, So why not have a little fun with him, especially if he's been a pain in the ass to you?
2: Yeah, but Jack's been just as much of a pain in the ass to him.
0: Oh, I'm not denying that fact at all. But I still, I still think it I still think Jack was, it was innocent fun. In my opinion.
2: Maybe. I don't know. I mean, at this point, we've all learned enough about Sawyer and in, in the show that, you know, you, you can't kick a dog while he's down, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you just can't. And, you know, between, you know, Jack and him, you know, being a doctor and he's got like this what higher authority for him to be able to pry into his life like that. And poor Sawyer, you know, he, he starts smelling, seeing if he can smell (laughs) toast because he's so scared about having a brain tumor. And Jack's just playing with him on that. And I, you know, I don't know. I, it goes beyond me just, Liking Josh Holloway, it, you know, you gotta just somebody has to look out for Sawyer, and I, just, <laughs> I, I feel like I have to protect him a little bit. I'm not
0: gonna lie. Well, like yeah, from from him, you know, smelling, seeing if he's smelling those phantom smells.
2: It was to, a great moment. <laughs> to
0: Jack even telling him, like giving him the medical term for being farsighted, which I can't remember what it is now at this point, and like just seeing the worry, and almost Sawyer go pale. Because it's a word he's never heard of before. It's a long, complicated medical word. I, You know what? I'm with him on that one. That would scare the hell out of me. Because, again, it's something I've never heard of before. And if I don't know it, I don't understand it. And I'm, I'm going to be afraid of it. Yeah. Until, you know, Jack tells him like a couple seconds later, you're farsighted. You need glasses. Dick. So, yeah, Jack's the worst. Jack is the worst. But I'm with him on
2: this one. Like when Kate was like, hey, you know, if somebody's having headaches, you know, who, what, what could be wrong? And then he finds out that it's Sawyer and he like rolls his eyes. He's like, whatever. And I'm like, dude, like man up. It's it's just, it's childish. It's childish. And men can be children. I understand that. But it's just like, I don't know what you're talking about just be (laughs) be a a doctor you know if you want to care if you want to be the guy that treats everybody you want to be the friendly doc and the leader with the key around your neck then you got to be that way for everybody man
0: yeah yeah and and i agree with you on that like he he should have helped sawyer from the start instead of delaying it a little bit so no i'm with you on that but I Good. thought I thought the, I thought the Hurley's <laughs> one-liner was... I know. Uh, Hurley's one-liner was uh, one of the best of the this, the show, of uh, this episode. And I was just a big fan of the whole Jack and Sawyer interaction, too, in the background. Uh, yeah. What about you? What's uh, well, the first of yours?
2: My number three was actually Sawyer Gets Glasses. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so that's... I, I enjoyed the back and forth on that one. I just... You know what? I love it when the B story is... Excellent. And I think that the B story was very good in this episode. Again, just like I think it was last week, uh, last episode, the numbers episode, when uh, Locke and Claire built the cradle.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: Right. Again, we have another B story that it has nothing to do with the rest of the story, but You just get like a glimpse of everyday life on the island and you get to see some of your favorite characters interact with each other. You know, like you said, work together with Saeed making the glasses and uh, Michael and Jin putting that raft together. Those two, I swear it could be a buddy comedy (laughs) show.
0: (laughs) You're learning a little, you're learning a little Korean. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I know faster An idiot.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And then he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. I got it, man. I got it.
0: You're right, that would be such a fantastic buddy comedy. And
2: yeah, you know what? Right? But
0: and but you know what? To a degree, it's not there yet, but it's approaching very quickly. We kind of get that for a short period of time.
2: Yes, you're right.
0: I mean, there's a third element into that as well, which I think kind of adds to it too. But uh, yeah, we do kind of get a small degree of like a a, a buddy com even though it's not really a comedy. Um we get more element stories of just the two of them along with another person.
2: So. I really, I really enjoy Michael and Jin. Um, I, I really enjoy anybody that, that can bring a another dimension to the episode than what we're already getting, you know, like, um, like the episode titled do set. Mashana means uh, it, it has to do with like a plot device uh, for writers where, there's a twist at the ending that has nothing to do with anything else, but somehow that's where you've gotten to the end or something. And, and it's like, it's like you're watching this whole episode about Locke and you know, you've got this other, other thing that's happening at the same time, but that's just kind of what's been happening throughout the entire series. Right
0: now. Is it, it you, you keep saying Machina as far it, as machina? I know it's Machina.
2: Yeah. Whatever.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, cause there is a I, movie, you know, there is a movie called ex Machina.
2: Yeah, um, I've never seen it. It's fantastic.
0: Okay. It's so good.
2: That's what I hear. Yeah.
0: But I'm getting off That's topic. That's
2: what I hear. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> but yeah, my number my number three was Sawyer Gets Glasses.
0: Okay. Um, what so was your number two? My number two um, is this is a point in the series now. Uh, I'm just calling this uh, Is That How It Happened? We're getting to a point now where you can almost kind of tell the writers are having fun, torturing the audience, making them wonder, is that how Locke got paralyzed? Because it it's not revealed, I think, probably until season three, how he was actually paralyzed. But there are so many moments starting with this episode and through further... Um, backstories of Locke that kind of make you wonder for a split second, is that how he got paralyzed in this, in in, in this particular episode, there's him running after his mother and the car backing into him and him falling to the ground and kind of holding his legs for a second. And for a split second, you think, Oh, is that how? Nope. He got up. So that's not it. There are other moments. There's a car accident that happens a little bit later down the road. And there are some other things that happen. And, You know, it's literally the writers torturing the audience, giving you those split seconds where you're believing that's how I got. Nope, that's not it. And (laughs) this was the first instance that we got of that. And I there's a number again, there's a number of those instances coming up. And it's a lot of fun watching them now, knowing the true reason as to how Locke got paralyzed.
2: Yeah. And, you know.
0: No, I don't. Why don't you tell me?
2: Well, his well, I'm sorry. His I was I was kind of trying to figure out how to how to say it, but um, since we're spoilerful, it doesn't matter. But his dad does have a big oh yeah uh, big thing to do about his him being paralyzed. So even if you haven't watched it in a long time and you're coming back to it, you're like, oh, there's his dad. Is this the episode? No, this is the episode where we found out his dad's a con man.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and again being a, a spoiler for uh, spoiler full i won't give the full realization behind this but there is something really big that happens later um between Locke's father and another particular con man that we know uh these two characters become very important to one another not important to another, one another but their stories are become very intertwined Later, Mm -hmm. later on down the road. So, what about you? What's your number two?
2: Uh, My number two is why Locke's legs won't work. So, you know, there's so much that's happening in this episode. And, you know, Locke, as a man of faith, has, you know, he's been really steadfast on he is here for a reason. He is supposed to be doing something. He was paralyzed, he's not paralyzed. You know, he's always on a mission. I love the resolve that has been John Locke this entire season. And this episode, his faith is shook. And all of a sudden, and, and, and it starts in the very beginning. The trebuchet doesn't work. And Boone notices that there is something going on. Uh What was it? It was something. There's, what was it that was in his leg? It's
0: a piece of shrapnel from the trebuchet. Was, okay.
2: because yeah. uh, because I didn't know what, what part was metal because it was, looked like the whole thing was being made from bamboo. The
0: head of the trebuchet, the part that struck the hatch...
2: That's right. ...is you're right. shattered
0: when it hit, and that was where the shrapnel came and from. That,
2: right. So that's when Locke figures out that he's starting to lose feeling in his legs. It's interesting that that's right when it looks like he was starting to lose faith in what he was doing when he said, this was supposed to work. Why didn't this work? This was supposed to work. And then... And then instead of going to Jack, the spinal surgeon, he says, no, Jack won't know what's going on, whatever. So so I start thinking to myself, okay, what are, what are some of the reasons why Locke's legs aren't working? Is it because the island needed Locke to shed Boone? Was Boone becoming a crutch to Locke? I mean, only one person maybe can go into the hatch. So if that's the deal, then maybe Boone had to be dealt with. But is this supposed to be, is, is this supposed to teach him a lesson on using people? Because he uses Boone uh, to, to do what he thinks he needs to do with the plane on the mission because his legs can't work. He can't climb those vines. He can't climb into the plane. Was that because the Island knew that the plane was going to fall and that, whoever was in that plane during that time was going to get gravely injured and they couldn't, and the island, quote unquote, can't lose Locke because Locke is too important to the island. Um, you know, Locke's dream, to me, it should have been a warning, not a calling. Don't do this. You know, it, when, when your mother shows up in the dream and your mother's reasons for, for a lot of your problems, which we'll talk about later, Um, maybe you should not go towards the plane, you know,
0: I, you know, it's, I'm glad you brought this up because this kind of goes back to what we were saying at the top of the episode of, you know, Locke's test and what it means. And the truth of the matter is that even watching this episode and watching everything happen and getting into that over analytical state of mind, this is one of those times that I don't know the answer. I can't figure out what's the meaning of everything with this is and what Locke's test truly was. I don't... When it comes to Locke's dream and Locke's vision, I do think that was a calling and not a warning. Uh, my only thing that leads me to believe that is the Teresa falls up the stairs, Teresa falls down the stairs. That was oh, that was something that was put in the vision so that he would tell Boone. He, that was something so that Boone would believe him. I don't think if this was a warning, that would have been in there.
2: But why? Because Teresa fell down and broke her neck.
0: I, I think it was because, if I had to put my analysis on this, I think it's because the island wanted to use Boone as a sacrifice, so
2: See, that nothing I, happened
0: I, to Locke.
2: And, and while I agree with you, I also think that this should have been heeded as a warning. Locke doesn't. Locke has learned all of his lessons the hard way so far. We've seen this. He went to Sydney in a wheelchair. He didn't tell anybody he was in a wheelchair and they sent him home, you know, and he didn't think that that was going to happen. He, he goes to meet his father and knows nothing about his father. And instead of seeing all the red flags before that gives his kidney to his father and, and then his father deserts him. He loses, he learns that lesson the hard way. He has this dream where his mother shows up. Who's the reason why his father, uh, Took his kidney, in my opinion, and Teresa falls up the stairs. But Teresa falls up the stairs. Teresa falls down the stairs. This is a woman that you know followed Boone and did and did exactly what she she wanted him to do, like Locke is asking Boone to do. But she fell down and broke her neck, and that should have been a warning to Boone. Not to mention he was covered in blood. Then they get to the plane. And the plane is full of heroin, which, as we know, will be a massive problem for Charlie later on. Oh, yeah. So not only and and then we see, you know, the Nigerian priest, which, you know, eventually links up with Mr. Echo. But just all of that aside, there's not one part about this dream, about this vision that he had and the way that his legs were that he should have just said, no, we're not going I'm going to learn my lesson for once before I have to learn it the hard way.
0: No, and I, I can absolutely see all that. But, it, you know, like I said, think, looking at it the way I was looking at it. And again, this is a, one of those situations where I really don't know the answer. It could be everything that you're saying and that that vision was a warning. Or it could be what I looked at it as if the warning was a calling. I think again, I think it was the island using Boone as a sacrifice. That was one of the reasons why John Locke's legs stopped working. Had le- had John's legs been working and he found that plane, you know as well as I do, he was the one going up into that plane.
2: No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah. But I don't think that they should have been there to begin with. I'm
0: not saying you're not right at all. Right. I, th- I, I think understand. that's the truth.
2: Right. I, look, I get it. His legs didn't work so that Boone could do it. But I mean, we got that backstory, uh, which is not my number one. So maybe I should have, you know, switched this. (laughs) That's all right. You kind of
0: touched on my number one a little bit too. So we're going to be combining number ones into this conversation.
2: But what I'm saying is, is that because we're also getting that backstory at the same time as we're getting what this quest that Locke and Boone are on, you know, you're seeing that Locke is not going to learn his lesson the easy way ever. That lesson. He should have learned the lesson given what he went through with his father and will learn. He he learned another lesson with his father the hard way later on. So before he even got to the island, he's already kind of screwed himself, uh, you know, like 11 times over. But now it's like he's taken all of what's happened to him in the past and he's just he's not even thinking about it. And he let that boy go up into that plane.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I I understand that. And John Locke, in my opinion, is he is the reason for what is about to happen next episode.
2: He's the reason what's about to happen for a lot of episodes. That plane should have been left alone.
0: Okay, no, I, I I see that. I, I really do. Again, this but is... But it's, it's also
2: one- another test. I mean, it's it's a setup for another test. It's a test. It's going to be a test for Charlie. It's going to be a test for Mr. Echo. It was a test for Boone and Locke. This plane is a menace.
0: This... Yeah, you know what? I, I'm going to lead this into my number one um, because this is kind of um, w- one of the things that you touched base on a little bit. But before I do that, I, I want to jump back to one of your comments. You kind of groaned when, you know... Locke said that Jack wouldn't understand what's going on with my legs and I fully believe that you're talking about a man who was completely paralyzed and then all of a sudden the island gave him legs <laughs> I don't know if a medical doctor would understand that I really don't so I think Jack was I think Locke was in the right when he said that okay so that, that's fair enough um, you know my opinion on that
2: no that's fair enough
0: so because I don't think Jack would have been able to explain that
2: oh well, um, Jack worse jack's
0: the worst so that's why he wouldn't have been able to explain it
2: <laughs> but
0: it's i want to touch on the plane because you did touch on a, on a number of things the priest in the trees aka yemi who we have not met yet uh and we all have also not yet met mr echo, mr.
2: echo. who
0: uh is another dynamic character who we will meet next season um, but there is so much with this plane that it kind of watching this episode, going back and rewatching this episode and seeing all these events play out with Boone up into, uh, you know, going climbing up into the plane. Well, first, you know, the priest that's not really a priest uh, spoiler falling out of the tree, Boone going into the into the plane, finding the, the Virgin Mary statues full of heroin and then the radio broadcast before the train even comes before the, the plane even comes down. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I had watched this episode, you know, replaying that scene and listening to that radio broadcast and hearing we're the survivors of 815.
2: Yeah, that was cool.
0: And that comes into play again next season. So, you know, that's something we're not going to dive that much into right now, but there is so much with this, just one particular event that, Kind of ripples throughout the rest of this series, at least for the next couple seasons. You already yeah. you already made mention about you know Yemi the the priest and the tree and Mister Echo and the connection that there is with that when we meet Mister Echo. We there's the radio signal, uh, the the return radio signal, which we'll get to next season. There is the the Virgin Mary statues, which become a huge hindrance for Charlie. But there's one other thing that you did not mention that also comes into play later and i think it's the plane itself and where it lands that spot is very important is not very important but comes into play later because there is something under it uh did you not remember that
2: no i didn't i actually didn't I I was just—I thought that you were going to mention the fact that you could argue that um, Boone and Shannon are kind of directly affected by this plane in very similar ways.
0: Well, what what way is Shannon involved with the plane? I know obviously how Boone is involved with the plane, but does Shannon have a a direct connection to the plane as well?
2: So here's—I just thought of this right now as you were talking. As they say, we're the survivors of Oceanic. Flight eight one five. Okay, so now now they know that there are other survivors on the island, which means that those other survivors are gonna make their way over, so that the two groups can meet. And what happens oh, when yeah. the two groups meet for the yeah. very first time?
0: Yeah, you're right. That is it. That is a connection. It's a loose connection, but it is a connection to that. It plane. is a connection. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I know. I know it's a it's a stretch, but it is without that radio call, a lot. Look, without without finding the plane, he should have ignored the dream. He should have ignored the dream.
0: Well, here's the thing, though. I think even had they not found that plane, the events of Season 2 still would have played out. So I, I don't know if the plane is, is... It is a loose connection. It's not a direct connection. Because I still think... It, it has nothing to do with Locke and Boone as to why the survivors, the tail end survivors are found. That's more another group of people so i don't think the the radio broadcast is what brings the survivors around but it does connect them if you if you kind of catch my drift on that maybe okay again i mean this is one of the reasons why i love doing this podcast because like there we could see things two completely different ways
2: and we usually do so it's fine (laughs) although this is one of those
0: episodes that i didn't there's there wasn't anything for me to overanalyze Uh, I've overanalyzed Locke's vision and I can't figure it out. You know, I can't come to a solid answer. It could be either one of ours. It could be something completely different.
2: Well, I'm just saying, if your mom's in there and your mom ruined your life and took your kidney indirectly, (laughs) maybe you don't follow where your mom's pointing.
0: I will tell you, though, she is mouthing something and I can't figure out what it is.
2: Maybe it's don't go over there. (laughs) I hope it's don't go over there.
0: (coughs) Don't listen. Don't go to the plane. But yeah, I mean, again, going back to what I was saying too, where that plane lands does become important later, or does come back later rather.
2: I would. I totally need to be reminded on what that is.
0: It is. Um, uh, it's. It is another. It, we're spoiler free, so it doesn't. Um, we're spoiler full, so it doesn't really matter. It's the surveillance right. hatch.
2: Oh.
0: It's where all the monitors are monitoring all the all the different.
2: Uh. All the other
0: stations. <laughs> and I say what? station because that's what we find out the hatch is later.
2: Right. That's with all the uh with all the videos, right? It is the it orientation is. video and where Locke says, we're gonna have to watch that again.
0: It's the yes, it's the orientation video tape, not the orientation yeah. film.
2: Right. Okay. Um,
0: yep. and it is also a first appearance of another character. Which uh, character? The Russian.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I like him.
0: <laughs> um, but I'm just now realizing too that episode where the plane lands and the survive- and the the ha- the hatch underneath of it um, is also the Nikki and Paulo episode. So we might skip that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll talk about that one because, trust me, that's uh, one it's of a
2: good episode.
0: Okay, <laughs> you can find a co-host for that one.
2: It's an episode. <laughs> it's
0: an episode. <laughs> uh, but what about you? What's your your number one for the episode?
2: My number one is Locke's backstory in The Mousetrap.
0: Oh, good one. That's my overanalyzed moment. Okay. So go for it.
2: So I, I like it how the show opens up with Locke telling this child about what, you know, how to play the game The Mousetrap. And he talks about... Uh, how you've got to put all of your pieces in the right. You got to put all of your pieces in the right, um, in the right places at the right time, and then you set up the cheese. And then right when you think everything is where it's supposed to be, that's when you drop your trap. And so it sets up. It sets up. If you've been paying attention to the to the series as a new watcher, you realize that. Explaining mousetrap at the beginning of this episode is not going to be for no reason. It's it's not a coincidence. So I kind of went through, when I went through the second time, I started listing out what Locke's mousetrap was in his backstory that ultimately led to him getting his kidney stolen. And it was stolen. Um, so, so you have the, tra- wait, hang on. Let me just make sure.
0: <laughs> Don't confuse yourself.
2: No, I'm not. I'm not. So it says, yeah, Locke's parents put him in quite the, in the mouse trap. You lay it out piece by piece, put the cheese out and at the right time, let it loose. So, so you see a little bit of that. You see that his mom shows up and acts crazy. So then he gets a private investigator who finds his dad and he goes to see his dad and his dad walks in and acts like he doesn't know that he has a son, but The guard knew who Emily Locke was when he said, uh, Emily Locke's my mother. And Anthony said he didn't have a son, but he said he didn't find out about him until a year after she had him or found out she was pregnant with him, but he thought that she took care of it, whatever. Uh, All lies, right? Mm -hmm. And then he says, well, then he says, let's go hunting. I bet you like to go hunting. And then... You know, you see that they're starting to build a relationship and then he was supposed to come at noon, but he came at 11, which he, you know, Anthony most likely said come at 11. And then that way it would be, oh, you weren't supposed to see me with this dialysis machine. Right. And so then Locke gets, you know, worried about his quote unquote father. And then they go hunting right after that. And Anthony calls him son, which, you know makes Locke very happy. Yeah. And he starts to feel like he has a father. And so then he, of course, offers his kidney and they're together. And then that's when the trap lets loose because he wakes up without his kidney and his dad is gone. And then he can't even, and the guard's like, no, I'm sorry, you can't go. Doesn't tell the hospital staff that that was his son. I mean, totally left him in the dark. He got trapped. Like, that was the worst. So then, after that, You see the exact same thing happened to him on the island. The trebuchet won't work. Locke's legs go numb, but he still won't stop. He won't go to Jack. Locke has that dream that should have stopped him in his tracks, but he kept going. Boone didn't want to go, but, you know, Locke said the magic Teresa word, and so all of a sudden Boone's in on it, and then his legs don't work. And so then as he's he's climbing up, as Boone is climbing up the vines, Locke calls him son.
0: Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't even pick up on that.
2: And I'm like, what are you doing? This is the exact You're doing to Boone he's, what your own playing, dad did to you, dude. He's
0: playing Boone like Anthony Cooper he played mouse, him.
2: Exactly. He trapped Boone into that plane, and then Boone is going to ultimately give his life for that. And that sucks. And so it's like, that's what I mean when I say he learns his lessons the hard way, and then, and then he gets he gets Boone to Jack, and he fucking disappears.
0: But here's my here's my question to you on that though. And I'm I, very I, upset
2: about this. I, I can tell. Trust me.
0: <laughs> one of the reasons why I'm interrupting is to kind of calm you down a little bit. Um, but here's my question to you on that. As far as that goes, and I completely see where you're coming from, from the the entire Mass Trap being rebuilt on the island and all these different pieces coming together to play out. I think you can look at this one of two ways. You can look at this as in the, the trap failed and it cost Boone his life. Or Boone being a sacrifice is another one of those pieces to the trap. And the trap is successful in that... When it comes to that final moment of the episode of Locke outside of the hatch and the light coming on, that's the cheese for Locke. That's what he wanted to begin with. He needed to know what was in that hatch. And now it's going to happen. That light coming on.
2: Look, that's great. I, I understand what you're saying. But he left Boone like his dad left Locke.
0: No, and I I totally see that. I absolutely see that. And I'm not saying you're wrong at all.
2: So for him to be as upset as he was that he didn't get what he wanted. It's kind of hypocritical. Yes, exactly. And, And if I were Locke, I would be horrified at my own actions on the island and how they paralleled that of a father that left him to the foster system and then played him. More than once.
0: Well, I think I think him leaving at the end of that, and we get that final moment of him like pounding on the hatch and you know screaming like, "What is it that you want me to do?" We're seeing for the first time since Locke arrived to this island his lowest moment when it comes to faith.
2: A hundred percent. His faith was completely shaken. Is almost
0: completely gone at that point. And then the light comes on, and it's wait, I see the light, and granted the light's not from above as as any other typical faith it's coming from below him but yeah i mean we're seeing the lowest point of john locke in this episode Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um because he he, you're right his faith is absolutely shaken and not only is his faith shaken and he doesn't know what to do it now costs somebody ultimately is going to cost somebody their life correct i mean we're giving a little bit of spoilers as to what happens next episode but still um
2: this is a rewatch and we all know what happens to Boone.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, it's early enough on that we we know what happens. Yeah, so I, I I see that too. I see this as it could be the trap was successful or the trap failed. It's all a matter of how you looked at it.
2: But how amazing is John Locke when you look at who his parents were? I mean, really. I mean, he had two crazy Parents and he was raised in the foster system. I mean, when you really look at Locke's backstory, it's incredible that he is as resolved and as uh and and as faithful as he is. Yeah, because he is a man that has absolutely no reason to be that way.
0: No, agreed. I mean, but also at the on the other half of that too. Um, we can't forget Anthony Cooper. I mean, this is the first episode we're meeting Anthony Cooper, a.k.a. John Locke's father. And we're going to find out as this series progresses how intertwined he is to this series.
2: And how awful he is.
0: Oh, my God. He is a horrendous human being. And he... Uh, When I was talking about his connection to another character later on, I I thought about that a little bit more. And yeah, he is a direct connection to another character into the fact that uh, in the same way that the Joker created Batman, Anthony Cooper technically created another character.
2: Yeah, you could say who it is.
0: He created Sawyer.
2: Yes, he did. Say it loud, say it proud.
0: He created Sawyer. He is, Anthony Cooper is not indirectly, he is the direct reason why sawyer is the person he is today yes and we'll, we'll, and, and we'll, that we'll break standard, that down
2: lock and sawyer should be besties man yeah.
0: i mean we'll we'll break that down a little bit further as that get, gets revealed a little, a little bit more but if you know these characters already you can kind of piece it together
2: yeah absolutely i i love this episode what was your number one
0: uh we talked about it the the plane okay.
2: The plane, the plane. I, you know,
0: I wrote that down. I wrote the plane boon, the
2: plane.
0: <laughs> I like to give everything my little titles. Um and then I also made a final note too of uh uh well, we'll leave the light on for you and that was my way of talking about <laughs> uh-huh. the uh the hatch light coming on. But I yeah, like I mean, that that goes through our our top 3. I mean, we've pretty much covered almost everything that I had in my notes I mean we have other than the fact that this is the first real time we're seeing the full hatch kind of revealed uh and kind of open we got a little bit of a glimpse of it at the end of last episode when we saw the numbers on the side of it uh but this is the first time we're seeing it in the light and and seeing exactly what it is and mm-hmm. we're not even we haven't even scratched the surface as to what the hatch is yet
2: I can't wait I know
0: I, that we're not going to get into that until next season which We're only like five weeks away, so.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, I mean, we talked about, you know, Locke's legs and what was going on with them. uh, And, you know, how Locke got conned for his kidney. That I mean, that pretty much covers everything I had for this episode. I don't know if you have anything left. I have a couple,
2: just a couple things. They were just little. uh, One of them was watching Boone uh, go up those Go up those vines. I, rem- I wrote down a note that says uh, Boone doesn't strike me as the rock climbing type, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just effortlessly going up there. And I'm like, this, this is this is just not even a little bit connected to who Boone is as a character. But okay, let's go with this. Um, uh, little pieces of trivia: Is uh, Locke's mom and Hurley were at the course. same mental hospital? They were. Uh, yes. The mental hospital that she was committed to is actually the same mental hospital that Hurley Do was in. Do they just in.
0: mention it by name?
2: Uh, yeah, it was in okay. her little, in her records. Okay. Uh, and then when Locke says, tells Swoosie Kurtz the aisle numbers that the footballs were on, he referenced aisle eight and aisle 15. Yes, he does.
0: Again, another one of the numbers being uh, coming into play. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Um,
2: but that's that's all I really had, okay.
0: Yeah, this is absolutely probably one of my favorite episodes of the season.
2: Such a good episode. yeah.
0: and, and again, just backstory um at this point, one of the most intriguing and mysterious characters of uh, of the series. But we get a little bit more insight into the character in this episode. But there is still a long way to go discovering what you discovering what you need to discover about John Locke. And then just mm. when you think you have everything figured out about John Locke, John Locke, something happens to his character that completely changes everything. <laughs> yeah.
2: Deuce ex, ex uh, machina.
0: Yes. So, um, Oh,
2: this was the first episode that was written by, uh, Damon Littlehoff and Carlton, Cous?
0: Carlton, Cru- Carlton Cruz or Cruz. Yeah, yeah, you're right.
2: Yeah. And, uh, it was the very first one that was written by them, and they would go on to write um, a lot more episodes. Yes, so.
0: um, I don't see Carlton Cruz in the in the writing credits, but Damon Lindelof was. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, they were
2: both. They were both. I have it right in front of me.
0: Oh no, I'm looking at next week's. Never mind. I'm looking at next week's episode. Damon Lindelof was a part of next week's, but not um, not Carlton Cruz. This week he was. Yeah, this Deuce Ex Machina. He was part of both.
2: Well, this so. was a fantastic episode, so well, way to go. And
0: Damon Lindelof and Carlton Coos uh, also become the showrunners of the show, I believe. Right, yeah. exactly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, which, bravo, because yes. teaming up with the, this. You know what? This show is the main reason why I will give almost anything that J.J. Abrams does a shot.
2: I like J.J. Abrams. I know people have their problems with him, but I really like him. I like what he does, and I don't understand the hate for him. But that's okay.
0: I, I'm the same way. Like I liked Super Eight and and Cloverfield, and I like
2: The Force Awakens.
0: Yeah, I did too, <laughs> and I liked what he did with the Star Trek films.
2: Yes, a lot. I loved it.
0: You know, and I actually am going to a screening of Overkill, which is his newest movie coming out next uh, in two weeks um which is like zombie nazis i think sort of so uh but yeah i'm looking well, forward well, all right i'm looking forward to that too uh all right so i think we've we've covered pretty much everything we can about the episode uh before we get into feedback do you want to jump into the manifest minutes
2: yes i do I you know i do <laughs> i know you do <laughs> uh
0: so let's talk a little bit about that we have uh this was episode five of the season i thought we were going to do a double shot but there was actually no new episode this week
2: I know. Well, so, they knew that you would have the flu. Yeah, that was nice of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: it, you know it, it goes back to when I, um, you know, when I talked to Parvinkor, she probably knew that I was going to be sick and she told the showrunners, let's, let's wait, let's, let's give them a week.
2: That's so nice of her. I know, right? <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, Connecting Flights uh, was this one. And this was uh more like stories about the people that were kind of left behind when Flight 828 disappeared. Yes. Um, as well as there was you know some modern there's some stuff that was happening uh, especially in particular with uh, with the the character Thomas and and ca- Cow and Cal. yeah wow um,
2: there's always the creepy kid that knows everything always
0: so what are your what were some of your thoughts on this week I know you're probably going to have more than me only because. I look at this, and I told you this before we started recording, I, I don't get me wrong, I liked the episode, but to me it was, compared to the last couple weeks, was just a little uneventful. There was definitely some things that happened, but no big mysteries really, other than the fact of what the hell is going on with Cal.
2: So, I am somebody who really likes it when a show explores the theme of grief. Um, you know, I, I've been through a lot of grief myself. Uh, I've been through a lot of loss and when a show can get grief correct, uh, and write it out correctly, I really connect to that. And I thought that they did a really great job with that. Um, you know, watching this family completely lose, you know, their loved ones, for five and a half years, and try to rebuild their life, uh, brick by brick. I thought that that was really, I, I thought that was really great in the fact that it made me care more about Grace. It made me care more about Olive. These are two characters that I that I haven't really cared a lot about because we've been so preoccupied with what Ben and Michaela uh, have been going through the past couple of weeks. Um, seeing how Danny and Grace met seeing kind of how their relationship evolved, seeing where Danny uh, started with Olive to that very last moment before, you know, when the plane comes back and Danny is leaving and they're all hugging and crying. I can't imagine how torn in half somebody must feel for, for that to just completely break apart your life and for Danny to come... And be so honest with Grace and say, listen, if I have to lose you, I can do that. I can manage. I, I, I you know, I lost so-and-so who I guess was his wife, which is why they met in that grief group. Yeah. But he couldn't bear to lose Olive. He had thought of Olive as his daughter. And you forget that. you you know, for a couple of weeks, I was like, I don't like this guy, Danny. Like, get out of the life. You know, get the the husband came back, or Ben came back, Cal came back. Like, let them be a family again. You can't get in the way of that. But I can understand that it would be hard to lose what you had grown to think of as your uh, daughter.
0: And you know what? I want to jump in on this uh, for a second, too, because I can kind of personally connect to this. I was the same with you. I Danny was somebody that... Uh, you know, I, I kind of didn't like because I felt like he was in the way. And then throughout this episode, you're right. You see, like, he he says that, like, I could lose you, but I don't know how it would be to lose Olive. Uh, jumping into my personal life for a little bit, I dated somebody for a while who has a child. And I grew to love that child uh, as if she were my own. I mean, I was with her from the, the time that the, the child was one until just after she had turned three. So... And, and in all honesty, now I didn't. I we split because of a breakup, and not because of uh, somebody coming back into her life. But I can honestly say, as somebody who's been in that situation, the hardest part of that wasn't the breakup with my ex; it was no longer being a part of that child's life. So right. I can totally see, and I kind of connected to Danny in in a way this episode,
2: which is wonderful because I think that you know up until this past episode we view him as a villain and he's really a man that or a character that is actually going through his own uh set of feelings and his own grief and his own confusion in in what's happening with flight 828 and how it indirectly uh relates to his or directly relates to his life right um but watching grace stay in bed and kind of forget about Uh, The fact that she had another child because she had just lost this child and her, you know, when the moment when she kind of wakes up from that from that fog, when she sees that not only is her daughter uh, making her food, but she's having to do it around moldy food. She's cutting herself. She's 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 getting along and trying to take care of her mom when all this time her mom needed to be taking care of her. Yeah. And that's a wake up call for any mother. Right. And I love that they touched on all of these huge moments in grief when because grief is such a fog. It, it, it's this it, it, it cannot be adequately portrayed unless you've been through it. But when you watch something and they just nail it. I appreciate that so much because I really felt like they nailed it this week with what that family went through. Um, you know, you, you see what Jared and Loris went through and their struggle to even be together after, you know, losing his the love of his life and her best friend, right. And you can see how that they that, how that would naturally bring those two together as much as you want to hate that for Michaela. Yeah,
0: because Jared was even another, a, no, a number another one. Part of me, uh, who I kind of looked at not necessarily as a bad guy, but in a neg- in a little bit of a negative light. Correct. Uh, you know, but, or Lourdes. Yeah, and then after seeing this episode, and like you saw, like you mentioned, seeing the struggle that they went through to even be together, you you kind of have a little bit more of a different viewing of both of these characters, and you kind of can't blame them for being together at this point anymore. Right. Uh, And
2: see, I just think that that's so wonderful that the show took a break from the mysteries and the plane and the callings and blah, 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 blah. blah. But it took a backseat. It took a a B story, right? They were the B story this week and they brought forth a different perspective for the audience and for the viewer to just get a different view on some other characters that maybe we'd been kind of casting aside so that we can focus on the exciting part of the show. And I love that because now it feels like I'm looking at a true ensemble cast and not just a couple of these people from the plane. And then, you know, like what's happening around them as yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and you know, you can even take that as it's all connected, which seemed to have been the overarching theme of the episode anyways. Right. Um, with Cal and I can't wait to see what on Earth he saw outside the place. Oh, <laughs> Make you him and say, it's me, all connected. <laughs> you
0: and me both, but here is my question, uh, and I'm going to pose this theory to you. We see at the very end of the episode, Cal look out the window, see that, and say it's all connected. Now, my theory, the voice in Ben's head and in Michaela's head, do we think it's Cal?
2: Oh, maybe. I,
0: I I have a feeling the voice they're hearing is Cal. Because That's a Cal, great theory. Cal is not hearing the voices like everybody else is. But he somehow has a sense. I think whatever that was in the sky that he saw, I think he, somehow he is the one, he is the voice that they are hearing. I think it's Cal's.
2: Did you ever see the 4,400? I have not. Ah, uh, there's a kid in there. There's a kid in the 4,400, too, that it seems to be like, you know, the all-knowing kid. So it, it had a very 4,400 uh, feel to me at the end uh, with Cal and kind of his when he's like, just follow me. It's all connected. And, you know, um, bringing Ben back into the fold with the little subway chase that he did with Cal. Um, going let him, to- yeah,
0: led him to Thomas.
2: Thomas, thank you. I kept wanting to say Michael, and I knew that was wrong. Um, yeah, I, I just all of it. I, I I love how it is all connected in the end. Yeah. But yeah. I I do like that idea about it being Cal's voice. It'd be interesting to go back and rewatch those episodes uh, that we've had so far to see if it is a little boy voice.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I might have to do the same thing now just to just to see. Because uh, it would be interesting if, if somehow that was Cal's voice, and I mean, going even further with the theory, would if Cal is really not Cal? Interesting. Yeah. Who would he be? Uh a replacement of sorts.
2: See, I, I always thought, I've been wondering if maybe Cal's going to start rapidly aging. Okay. Like five and a half years.
0: All right, and then and basically catch up to to Olive.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm probably wrong, but we both might be wrong. A,
0: it's it's yeah. it's the mystery of the show. I like it. I do too.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: but yeah, it's 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 getting there. Um then next week looks like it's going to be even more interesting and it's going to be more uh more involved with Cal. I get I watch it
2: on Hulu, so I never get Oh, reviews. I'm just
0: I do I don't either. I'm just reading the synopsis for next week. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's all. I, I've been Cal enjoying wakes up with a. Oh, I won't well, tell you then.
2: Yeah, I've been enjoying not actually seeing the previews. Same with um, same with the Walking Dead right now too, because um, I don't have cable right now, so every week it's been really great to just go in and be like, oh, okay, I'm gonna watch this episode totally fresh.
0: Yeah, and even, not have
2: any preconceived ideas.
0: Even though if you watch via me, uh, it still puts the previews at the end. You just don't have to watch. With what? with plex
2: no never had that ever
0: really because the episode that i just put up for this past week has if you watch all the way to the end of the credits it shows you the preview for next week
2: oh interesting nope
0: just stop it when the credits roll that's all okay yeah and you won't have to worry about it cool man uh cool so um let's jump into some feedback Sure. And as always, our buddy Steve has left us a couple of voicemails this week uh, as he's started leaving us voicemails for Manifest as well, which I think is kind of cool. So uh, let's go ahead and we'll listen first to his his feedback from this past episode of Lost uh, Deuce Ex Machina, and then we'll listen to his voicemail for, uh, for Manifest. So uh, let's play that right now.
1: Good evening, Ben and Christian. It's Steve, and I just had a few thoughts on Deus Ex Machina, which I thought was uh, uh, really good, so hopefully um, these will make sense. I love Locke's line. It's called a trebuchet because it is a trebuchet. Um, That was really cool. And you know, I realize something now that I'm not seeing or not uh, watching the show through kind of Jack-colored glasses or hero Jack-colored glasses. Uh, I notice how much of a jerk he is, and even this this appointment doctor's appointment with with uh, Sawyer. He's he's it's a very jerk kind of doctor thing, and I've, I've known doctors like that, so it's it's not a far stretch for me to to see him acting like that toward. Sawyer and Kate's kind of I know he deserved it but and uh, so I I thought that was really cool this is uh, the start where we're going to see we're going to start to see in flashbacks all these moments and I remember uh, from watching the, the show before that there's all these moments where we think oh this is where Locke got paralyzed and then we find out oh no it's not. And then there's like another instance we go oh this is where oh no it's not and and so until we finally find out uh when he where he does uh, how he does get paralyzed so I I thought that was that was kind of made me laugh to remember that thing of of all those different little moments where we're like oh this is it and then we find out it's not um, we're starting to see some of those deeper connections as, as that are going to come through. And I'm starting to remember things that happened down the road that, that we find out that I think is, is so cool. Uh, and again, just to, to see the foreshadowing that was going on for future seasons here. Um, did, I forgot that Saeed was the one who made the glasses. I thought that was, that was kind of interesting that uh, here he is this guy who doesn't like Sawyer is making these glasses for him and uh and i forget maybe you can help me out or if you don't want to spoil it how long is it before we find out who was on the other end of that radio conversation with boone i, I see remember we do we do hear that conversation again in later seasons i just can't remember how far along it is so uh talk to you later
2: I love Steve.
0: I do too. And Steve, thank you so much for confirming what I said earlier about the whole, though, this is when it happens. Oh no, maybe this is when it happens.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And he agrees that Jack is a jerk.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I love, yeah. I love Steve's voicemails for that too. And he, he touched, I have to say Kristen and I don't listen to these voicemails when you guys are hearing them through the podcast. That's pretty much our first times hearing them too. Yeah. So, Uh (laughs) because we like keeping it that mystery for, for when we do this. So, um, you, oftentimes you might hear us have already talked about something that's being brought up in the voicemail, which is fine. But yeah, so, you like know, Jack is the worst. Like Jack is the worst. Uh, <laughs> Jack is a jerk and he's known doctors like that. Uh, but yeah, you know, we, we talked about the other line on that and that does come into play into season two. So we'll get a little bit more of that. Um, I think it's maybe about nine or ten episodes into season two i could be way off on that but i do know it's season two so that'll be uh that'll be fun when we get into that aspect
2: yeah it's called like the other 48 days or something like that yeah yeah that's
0: yeah I think that's, that's the it.
2: episode yeah
0: so uh but yeah thanks for for that voicemail steve on uh on and on deus ex machina and that is the proper pronunciation we've been saying deuce and it's it's it is deus deuces deuces uh, <laughs> noise. Let's, um, <laughs> uh, we do have another voicemail from Steve and that is the for the uh,
2: manifest minute for the
0: manifest minutes. So let's go ahead and play that
2: now.
1: Hey, Ben and Kristen, it's Steve. And this is uh, for the manifest minute. Just a real quick thought. Uh, I can't wait to hear what you guys think of the whole Michaela, Jared thing. As opposed to the Danny uh, Grace thing, uh, I, I I know where I'm at on it. I think I think they should both step back. I think Danny should step back and Michaela should step back because these are married couples that we're dealing with here. So hopefully uh, we'll see. But it's it's gonna be some interesting drama. Yeah,
0: it's it's interesting that he thinks, and we were kind of on the same page too. But we really didn't touch on. What we felt that Michaela should do, and I, I guess it's it's seeing it from the other perspective, from the other side of it. So maybe he's right. Maybe Michaela's the one that should kind of step back, or should Lourdes be the one to kind of let these guys get a second chance at things?
2: Well, and that's where it comes in with if if they had never gone, Michaela and Jared would be. Married, I yeah. Because
0: she was going to say yes.
2: She was going to say yes. Essentially, she got off of the plane expecting to have a fiance, and her fiance is married. I mean, there was no time loss for her. There was no time loss for Ben. You know, Ben was already married. So, so I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know.
1: It's, I a, mean, it's, I, it's even a as complicated I talk it one. out.
2: Even as, even, yeah, even as I talk it out, because I'm all for, listen, they're married. You don't mess with that. Um, I do think that Michaela should step back. I think it's tragic that she had, that she should step back, but it's probably the right thing to do. And you need to let um, Jared and Lourdes kind of organically end as we all know that they're going to,
0: but it, but it kind of also doesn't help too that she has a voice in her ear in her father, and her father's the one telling her if you still love him, you need to go get him. So I mean, it. She's got. Well, people he makes in her- a
2: good point. He makes a good point. He says, if I was on that plane and I came back and your mom was with someone else, I would not stop fighting for her. But. That's what he needs to say to his son.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that's true too.
2: His daughter was never married to Jared and he went through the grief. He went through everything that he was supposed to. His daughter didn't have a family with Jared like Ben does, didn't have a whole life built in. What was it? 15 years of marriage?
0: I think so, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, that the, they're two completely different situations. I don't know. I mean, if any of the listeners have any ideas of what you think uh, these two couples should do, who steps back? Who doesn't? I don't know.
0: Yeah. it Again, it's one of those situations. It's just I I'm glad I'm not in it because <laughs> I, I don't know what kind of decision I would make either. Really You're glad
2: are. that there's no alternate universe that, you know, pits people against each other with different, different timelines. And
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad I wasn't on a plane that disappeared for five years. That's, that's pretty and much I the it. And I thought I was gone it. for
2: five and a half hours.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Uh, Cool. So thank you, Steve, for both of those voicemails. Uh, Anybody else who's listening out there, which we know we've had a couple new listeners as of late, uh, we definitely encourage you to leave us some feedback for the episodes as well. And here is exactly how you can do that. Uh, First off, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lostrevisited.
2: We are on Instagram at lostrevisitedpod.
0: Uh, You can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com.
2: And if you'd like to leave us a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address.
0: Yeah. And last but not least, we want you to be sure to check out all of the other podcasts we have on the Next Level Podcast Network, as well as the Podcastica Network, in which uh, you're going to get a double dose of me this week.
2: Yeah. I'm... Ben's going to be on House Podcastica this this week. So we record for that tomorrow. And uh, look for it on, at podcastica.com or on our website. Uh, on our page uh facebook.com forward slash house podcastica or podcastica.com forward slash house podcastica there you go there's all of it
0: there you go yeah all <laughs> the plugs uh, and
2: yeah and you have a lot of shows that are starting back up with uh your dc shows
0: yeah we we're in full force now man all the shows of the flash is back legends of tomorrow supergirl and arrow all four of the shows are back so we're we're back into full swing with uh with dc2 we had to record on sunday and we uh, it was tough because I was still recovering from the flu, and my co-host for that podcast was recovering from a really nasty head cold. Mm. So you had two guys who could barely speak, uh, really putting in as much effort as we could to get a podcast recorded because we kind of had to. Um, you know, it's with a lot with a revisited podcast, we can take a break here and there because the shows don't air weekly. Uh, but with the DC one, we we're, we're kind of stuck that we have to do a weekly show because these shows air every week and we break them down every week. So, but you well, know, that's we got through it.
2: That, yeah. You didn't have Phoebe's sexy singing voice.
0: No, I did. I just didn't. <laughs> um, oh God. What's the song that she sings? My uh,
2: sticky shoes. <laughs> that's <laughs> that why you step on me. <laughs> <hate> me <laughs> my sticky shoes. <laughs>
1: oh god
2: that one was just for you ben thank you i appreciate it (laughs) uh but
0: yeah so next friday we'll be back again with another episode and we'll be talking about the next episode of lost in season one which is the 20th episode of season one uh do no harm which is another uh pretty significant episode to the season as there are some life-changing events that happen uh,
2: life ending events.
0: And a life uh, starting event.
2: Hey, all right. Time. When one door closes, the other one opens.
0: Hey, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh but we want to thank you guys for listening thank you for tuning in every week uh as we've gone weekly and even when we didn't when we were once or twice a month and you guys listened uh the other thing i want to say real quick um two things real quick before we leave is one uh if you listen to us subscribe to us on itunes or uh or like us on facebook which we hope you do uh we encourage you to write a review if you can uh leave a review on both iTunes and Facebook, and uh, depending on what you write, uh, we will most likely read it on the podcast at the same time. And last but not least, I know I speak for Kristen when I say November 6th is approaching very quickly. Uh, Make sure you get out and vote. We don't ask what your political affiliation is. The most important thing is that you get out and you make your voice heard.
2: Yes, and early voting has already started in a lot of areas, if not all of the areas. So if you don't have time on Tuesday, there are early voting spots that you can go out today and go vote.
0: Pennsylvania, unfortunately, does not offer early voting.
2: North Carolina does. Go out there and do it. Yeah,
0: so I am stuck to a schedule on November 6th, but I will be out there first thing in the morning to make sure I cast my vote. And I've even put it out there to some of my friends that if you do not have a way to get to your holding place, I have made myself available all day to get you there. So, and there I you know go. I know we've had some friends that have made that same offer where they live as
2: well. Mr. Pake Allen. Yes. Tyler, Texas. Shout out to him. Uh, but
0: that's going to wrap it up for this episode of We Have to Go Back. Until next time, we'll see you guys further down the rabbit hole. Take care.
2: Bye.